are live here at CrossFit Hard Shells on May the 12th. We are post-Zembeck workout. We got a crew sitting around here at the table. We have uh, some of the owners, athletes, and some of the fine ladies from uh, Czech... Is it... I'm sorry? Sisterhood Chopping. We got your six. We got your six. And these fine ladies are going to give us a little bit of brief and a background on the organization and how it supports uh, a lot of our vets out there. So this is one of your hosts, Bob Galler. I got my man, Angel Cabrera, sitting here with me. And we're going to go around and do a little few introductions. So going to my right, Angel. Yeah, so Angel, you guys uh, have heard the podcast. I am the uh, head coach at CrossFit Hard Shells. This is the fifth time that we've done Zembeck, fourth time at Hard Shells. Um, and this year we get to partner with We Got Your Six. I met uh, Michelle and Linda last year. They were here as, as spectators and supported. And we've developed a relationship and now we get to partner with them full term. So, we Michelle, Linda, tell us a little bit about so, yeah. yourself, the organization. Yeah, a little how bit about met, your background. Kind of cool and weird. <laughs> Personally, individually, then how you guys met and then about the organization. Certainly, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Michelle Riley. I'm beer. the founder of We Got Your Six. I started this nonprofit about two and a half years ago. Um, I was asked about maybe four years ago to do some lobbying on Capitol Hill to help our vets land some meetings with Congress and senators um, when they came back from overseas. And lo and behold, landed 46 meetings on Capitol Hill with Congress and senators. And out of that kind of the idea was born to uh, do something on a bigger scale and uh, founded We Got Your Six. So you're Irish, I'm guessing. I'm Irish. Okay, no, I'm detecting a little really, Irish yeah. lilt actually, in there. It's really, it's no, really she's can, Dublin. She's, no, she's <laughs> definitely Canadian. It's right? actually, it's really Dublin, Ohio. Oh, okay. <laughs> and now you're, you have a family member who, a vet, a vet like what is your kind of connection I, to this? I'm just serving now. I don't, I have a lot of friends in the okay. community. Um, no, I don't have any family members, but I just... I so you just got into this sort of altruistically yes. and awesome. Yeah. That is great. I love giving back to the community. Yeah. Okay. I'm the same. I'm a bit of a foreigner and a transplant from Texas, but we bumped into each other and just met actually at a coffee I like how you just acted like Arlington. Texas was not a part of the United yeah, States. You're like, to, dude, like, they are yeah, about I'm a foreigner from Texas. In. We're about one step like, away Whoa. from... Yeah. from yeah. 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 She, she's like, I got my passport and I came to the U.S. It. from Texas. Yeah, we're... Okay, you know. great. <laughs> came here from the greatest country in the world, Texas, yeah, to this other shithole. <laughs> just making sure. No, but um, definitely just I think by fate of destiny, we met Angel. Yeah. Um, right before the SWAT and we were just finishing up with a memorial service at HUD um, just honoring some of the Gold Star families which um, a lot of people don't know but the Gold Stars families are ones who have lost their heroes um, in service so uh, they've made the ultimate sacrifice and we just kind of were sitting next to each other and we just realized a lot of stuff that we did aligned Great. and here we are yeah it was yeah. so weird like we were um Last year, right around this time, maybe two, three weeks before the Zembeck Wad, I was starting the transition of leaving the coffee shop. 
and I had Zembeck flyers and uh, it was probably my last week yeah. before yeah. I was going to transition into I didn't know at the time. I literally had no clue, but I knew that we were running the, the, the Zembeck Watt. And so we had flyers and uh, Linda and Michelle came in and they said, where's this event? Who puts on this event? And none of my staff knew. So they were like, let me go get the general manager. I was like, all right, I'm about to quit this job. <laughs> but I am at a really cool gym. We do this really cool event. Would love for you guys to be a part of it. And then I asked them if they had service members just like you did. And they asked, you know, well, do you have a service member? And I said, no. I just no. wanted to drop into, Go for I it. dropped in for the kolaches because you were sponsoring That's right. kolaches from Republic Kolache. It's like a Texan. From Texas. So yeah. I was like, I'm there. Where is this at? And then we just <laughs> yeah. naturally started talking. So you guys had no real association with Pam and, and her kind of what she no, was doing. and, and Wow. Okay, great. Angel brought it all together. Right. Well, yeah. Angel's that kind of guy. So yeah. as, soon as, as soon as I transitioned into this role i then reached out to them and i said hey would love for you guys to come out to this event and meet pam i can make that connection because they were running that gold star family event and then i wanted pam to be able to tell doug's story through that um and then they were able to pull it off and thanks to his connection we were able to honor pam and remembrance of doug so it was a really beautiful ceremony but there were I mean, it just naturally all fell together. So for those listeners out there who you may have, uh, we I know that uh, Paul, our other compatriot who couldn't be here today, an angel broadcast from from uh, the event last year, but what we are celebrating today is uh, the Lion of Fallujah workout, which honors um, Doug Zembeck. And for those of you who don't know, it's awful. It's five rounds at uh, RX weights, 185-pound back squat at 11 reps, seven uh, strict burpee pull-ups, and then a 400-meter run. Uh, and it's, uh, I think, I, I'd say about the third round, it really starts to, <laughs> to come into its yeah. own. Yeah. Um, but this is, uh, uh, I guess, like how many years have, have we been doing this here at Hard Shells? This year, what, four or five? Fourth. Fourth. Okay. So the first um, workout, I was, before Hard Shells started, this was just round trip sports. We were all still working out with Pam at a different gym. And the initial workout that we submitted to CrossFit.com was the same workout but add 34 pull-ups after the 400 meter run so it's five rounds of the exact same thing at 34 pull-ups you see what i'm doing right here that's called a hard sell (laughs) crossfit was like uh we're trying not to kill people so uh uh let's let's go ahead and tell that back a little bit so we put we pulled it back and then once hard shell hard shells open we we modified and had it approved by dot com as a as a hero wad so yeah, so for you out there, uh, all you listeners, this is an official CrossFit Hero Wad. If you want to go ahead and get it on, and if you like to spice it up a little bit, go ahead and strap on your uh, plate carrier and your uh, plates and uh, get after it. And <laughs> I don't know. So Brian McGill gonna gonna chime in here. How'd that feel for you? It's definitely not the best thing in the world, um, but it's cool because everyone's like, oh, why do you use the weight vest? Why do you use the weight vest? And, you know, do you train with it? And normally you don't, but when you come into workouts like these, these hero wads, it's kind of like representing their rucksack. And as you go through like the, you know, their day-to-day training, like wearing all the equipment that they do, it's really amazing when you're running and, you know, the weight vest is like hitting you in the chin, it's weighing you down. Um, But to add, Bob, to add what you were saying, it was 
incredible when you get to like the third, fourth, and fifth round and your body just wants to give up, but everybody's pushing you. And then you kind of get that, you know, especially when you see Pam and she's floating around here and, you know, everything that she's gone through and you just like look her in the eyes and, you know, you're thinking like, I got to give up. Like, I got to drop this bar off my back. It's killing me. 185 is too heavy. And then you see her and you think about everyone that's served for this country and, you know, all of our fallen soldiers. It just kind of gives you like another level of let's get after it. And I think that's the best thing. And everyone that comes by is all for that kind of, hey, let's just... One more, you know, one more doesn't hurt no matter what you're doing. Um, you know, we have some younger guys here that um, I was talking to before the event, actually, and they're like, you know what, I think I'm going to 135 and I really don't want to RX it. And, you know, I can do 185, but I want, I want to post a good score. I'm like, it ain't it's about, not the, about score, the score, bro. man. It's about this is one day. It's not about yeah, your time. Like what, it's what, not about your score. This is one of those days where you check your ego at the door. And even if you don't make the cap, it's that's not what it's about. It's hey. more of about. You know, just pushing through as hard as you can, as best as you can, and using everybody's energy to push you further. And it's it's honestly a great thing. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's one of those things that we as coaches were talking about this year where, you know, in, in years prior, we were doing a first, second, third place RX and scaled. And the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, you know what? Th- this is not about first second and third place and how did I do I don't want you to come into this event and think am I the best Um, because the best have have signed a check that the U.S. has cashed um, and 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 that's been cashed sometimes uh, on willing terms and sometimes on unwilling terms and what we need to do is come in here and rather than think what where am I and how good can I be? It's how selfless can I be? And, and how, how much can I make this hurt? And so I was telling um, some of the members that, you know, with workouts like this, it's easier to push than on the day-to-day basis. And as morbid as it is, I think of my wife, I think of my son being in need and help. I think of myself enlisting and my men needing help or, or somebody on the line needing help. And I can't stop. I won't stop. Is it, they is, depend on isn't me. Isn't it and cool, so though, how, how your mind kind of changes to that idea of don't quit because of this? Like, your mind starts looking for reasons why not yeah. to give up. It's, it's kind of like a cool yeah. feeling. And you only really get those feelings in these types of wads and yeah. when there's people around. And, you know, you start thinking of, like, the deeper kind of why am I doing this type of thing? Like, how would this person, you know, you're doing this in remembrance of somebody yeah. who's paid the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I need, to, I need to push harder. I'm not doing enough. I'm not going as hard as I can. I can go harder. Like, I'm almost right. done. Like, let me, let me just finish this, get through it as best as I can. And it, it's cool how your mind takes you to that, to that zone. Yeah. It was great that we got to remove some of those external factors because we want to make it an internal conversation. So I think I can speak to that as a personal. I think I'm the most novice one here. I've never even probably stepped in a gym. I think Michelle (laughs) has. And one angel's like, yeah, you're going to do it, right? I'm like, I don't know about that. But, you know, when Pam's looking at you and she's like, you're doing it. How can you look at her and say, no, I can't. This is too difficult. But 
you know, obviously the cool thing about it was you guys did scale it down. So mm -hmm. someone who's never would have thought of doing CrossFit, I almost died. I'm not going to lie, but, you know. <laughs> but you didn't. You're still, <laughs> as we say in CrossFit, but you didn't die. Yeah. So, you might hurt for the next two days, but you're fine. Pretty so I'll much. see you Monday morning at 530. Yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah, I can't complain. with me. <laughs> so... So can give us a little bit about, you know, w w the purpose behind We Got Your Six, the community it serves, you know, that kind of just broad overview for, you know, the, the listeners. Sure. Um, I think like the biggest driver for us is to break down barriers. Um, there's a lot of lack of communication. I mean, within the military service, I think you realize the families know, the supporters know, but, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't aware or don't remember and um, the amount of conversations again of people that don't know what a gold star family is is pretty surprising i guess i do come from texas so it's uh, you know they're pretty aware you know a blue star means a you know their son daughter wife husband is in uh, service but a gold star and this dates back i think is at world war one where they started the gold star program um means that they've lost their loved one so there's an amazing organization as well with the families and support and you know michelle and i we've just met we've had way too many interviews and conversations with these families to try not to do something to help remember and kind of share their stories so i guess that's the biggest thing is not letting them be forgotten to definitely remember the sacrifices these families still pay because, you know, Pam's got a daughter and she looks just like him. And even though it's 11 years later, it's still pretty impactful that, you know, they've lost this. And this is a big thing in their lives. I mean, you just need to go to Arlington Cemetery to be like, wow. Overwhelmed. Like, yeah. yeah. It just goes on for miles and miles and miles. So. Yeah, if you're a resident of the D.C. area or you are a visitor to D.C. and you don't take the time to go down to Arlington and specifically, uh, you know, go watch in uh, the go to the Tomb of the Unknowns and, you know, watch the old guard march back and forth and, and the honor and respect that they pay to the Tomb of the Unknowns down there. Uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. And, but, you know, also here in D.C., we have, you know, what has now been amalgamated of, you know, Walter Reed has been folded into the Naval Hospital. But, you know, if you can, I, I was fortunate enough to spend some time there uh, and, and, you know, walk the halls and meet a lot of guys that are down there. You know, there are multiple amputees, traumatic brain injury. Uh, or if you, you know, you're in Texas, you go to Sam Houston and see all the burn victims, you know, and, and, and you watch these these guys and girls who have come back from downrange and, and, you know, they're trying to put their lives back together. And, and I, I, I worked on a program where what we tried to do was get, you know, unfortunately, when, when people come back with level three and level four injuries, multiple amputations, severe burns, T TBI, oftentimes their families, their spouses, their parents are having to give up their normal jobs to help stay at home and care for these people. And, you know, that's a loss of income. It's And it's, you know, to some degree, it, it can be very demoralizing to the the individual who is being supported and, you know, organizations like this to try and help them, you know, the Wounded Warrior Program and, you know, just to get them back on their feet get them assimilated make them feel you know and, and and understanding i think you know a large part of it is um 
there may come with, particularly with PTSD, is sort of a stigma, right? Like, I'm not normal. I have some shame. I can't. And, and to make them understand that that's okay and that it's okay to reach out for support. You know, so, you know, all these kinds of organizations that are contributing to that cause, you know, they give so much to us. It's, it's very little for us to give back to them. And, you know, it's also recognizing as a society that this is the longest war that the United States has been in, in the history of the United States. And less of a percentage of our current population is fighting this war than World War I and World War II. And this is the most sustained battle that we've had. And so for these members to come back and for our society to attach, you know, the D which is disorder to PTS, like you're going to see some of your brothers, your sisters, some people that you share some of the most intimate moments, you know, just think of, you know, the movie Batman, the dark Knight, where the Joker says, I know some of your friends better than you do because as they're dying, they show who they really are. When you're on these lines and you're vulnerable, there's, there's wives brothers, sisters, husbands, kids, aunts, uncles that you're thinking about, there's a vulnerability there that's probably not shared anywhere else other than a barrack or a rack when you're in a forward operating base. And, you know, when we, when they come back, rather than being attached to a group that's disorderly or has a disorder, of course you saw some, uh, some horrible stuff. Of course there's going to be some stress attached to that and rather than labeling it as a as a disorder which then you're like oh i have an issue we should have a conversation of look you went through some stuff that nobody would ever want you to do but you freely and voluntarily gave yourself up for that how can we who didn't sign that dotted line for whatever reason and some of them are valid and some of them i would i would question but for whatever reason we didn't enlist and we didn't sign up how can we better serve you, the, the valiant warrior, the brave, courageous man and woman? Um, how can we support you? How can we help you? Absolutely. And how, can, how can we lovingly, caringly provide the assets and tools that we currently have and leverage those skills for your benefit? So can you tell us a little bit about the programs that, you know, specifically, you know, what you guys can offer and you know there might be somebody out there that who knows might listen to this podcast and maybe this becomes the key for them to yes, say hey certainly. these people can yes, help so me we out have, we have two programs we have a fitness program that we pull together um to help those suffering with ptsd so they when they come back they feel like they're part of the community again so we run that fitness program as one of our beer programs and then we have a program when they come back and they want to matriculate back into the workforce and they want to get out and find a job in the corporate sector, private sector. We help them on that level too. Awesome. Well, I mean, and I think, look, speaking from a particularly CrossFit perspective, and I think I've shared on former episodes of the podcast, I went through a period in my life where I was, uh, it was not a good place. It was a very dark time. And quite frankly, CrossFit is probably what saved my life. And, you know, the community here is just super supportive, but I think CrossFit in general, you know, I would encourage, uh, it's a Kool-Aid, it's not for everybody, but you know what, I think fitness in general, getting into a regime, getting back into a healthy living lifestyle where you are working out, you know, it. look, the science is there, it increases your endorphins, it makes you feel better, it makes you feel happier. So anything that you can do, and particularly bring those people back into a 
sense of community, which oftentimes I think is what is lacking. You know, you come out of that military environment where you are a part of something that's bigger than yourself, and then you all of a sudden you're out there adrift oftentimes on your own, and you don't have, you know, you have those buddies, but maybe they're unreachable. You don't have that support network to fall back onto. So this, it's nice because it sounds like this can become that other network outside of your former military network that you can fall into with the added benefit of you know all the mental and physical health benefits of working out and being physical again for sure there's two categories of of people you either create a community or you you join one and i think group fitness whether it's orange theory crossfit i'm obviously gonna vouch for the program in the community we have here but whether it's, it's, it's having that brotherhood in the military or having a brotherhood or sisterhood outside of that community, that, that's really going to help some of these people be able to rehabilitate and get back into that kind of community that they've created. Right, and honestly, um, it's kind of a joined forces of a lot of amazing people in the community and a lot of help and support and by mentorship and people that are willing to partner. So... So on that note, yeah, yeah, we have two gentlemen. If you are a native of the Washington D.C. area, or perhaps have been a a, a fan of the National Football League, we got two gentlemen sitting right here that that uh, I think some of our listeners are going to know. So I'm going to turn it over here to he's basically doing like an eccentric curl with like that (laughs) twenty pound ring. That's a nice way of saying I'm old. So I. I I, I get nah, it. No, no, no. But um, Dude, literally, you look like you're 35. I mean, I don't know what you know you're what? doing. I, I want some of line. it. I'm going to go with it today. I need it. I needed that today. But um, <laughs> but I, I'm actually I'm just thankful to, to um have an opportunity to come out and support um CrossFit and we got your six. Um, just I mean, you really can't think think the military enough for what they do. I mean, people really don't stop and consider that I'm able to go along. I was able to go along and play football for one reason. It's because the military allows me to have a country that's protected that allows us to have our lifestyle and go about our busy day. And and for most consumers, um, we just think about our lives. For those that are in the military, they're thinking about our lives, their lives, And they're doing stuff out of a code of ethics, a code of honor that, quite honestly, most people just can't stand up to. Now, I'm a very, very competitive person. I like to think I'm one of the most competitive people in the room. But what I do realize and recognize is I do not have that edge, that additional edge that a military person has. I, you know, I, I, I don't. You know, the things that you men and women go out there and do for your country um the majority of us and i hate when everybody says well we anybody no anybody can't do that that's why i went out and i played football i did not go out and do the military because i don't have that thing and it pisses me off so bad because i'm a very competitive person but what i've seen from the people that i've met that are my military is they have a whole nother edge a whole nother thing about them that's missing from a lot of other people we just don't have it and that pisses me off because i like to be able to think i can compete with anything and anybody that i come into and that's one thing where i i, I bow and i kneel and you know what i'm okay bowing kneeling and being proud about that because you guys y'all take it to another level you protect us you protect our way of life and 
you know, when I was playing football, the biggest thing I had to worry about is getting hit by this guy next to me. <laughs> Who's a monster, by you know, the way, hit still. By this guy, <laughs> you know, who would play without no helmet. That's a whole other story. But oh, we want to get we want to dig deep into that. I did be getting back up. You know, I knew I'd be getting back up. I know the worst case scenario is something to be broken. But to know that you're doing something for your country for people that you don't even know. I think we all know that we'd come out and we protect our family and our closest friends. But you guys protected me and you don't even know who I am. Don't know me, you never met Protecting me. Protecting an ideal. Exactly. And be able to do those things. You know, I, I, I would like to think that if I went to war with you guys, I would be that guy to be there right with you. But the question is, I just said I would like to think. So anytime you have a little bit of doubt, that's a problem for people that's, that's in the service with you guys. Because you guys have no doubt. You protect your brothers and your sister. You just do. Like they're your family without even knowing. But you're protecting me. You don't even know me. I would like to think I would do the right thing. I really do. I would like to think I'd be that person. But like y'all said a little earlier, there's people who enlist. They do it for God, country, and the American way, quite honestly. And there's those who, us who are thankful that you guys enlist so we can have the lifestyle to live the American way. Um, so I take my hat off to anybody who's in the military. Um, we try to support those causes. You know, I'm glad that Michelle and I, we got your six, the things that they're trying to do. And um, giving back, and I don't want to say it's giving back, it's like they just feel like they owe that community, and we all do. I mean, we all do. We have the lifestyle because you guys are able to make our country safe. You go outside of the United States, everything's a lot different. Well, I think, you know, and, and a lot of people would say there's the entertainment value, certainly, that the NFL yeah, provides. Sure. We're, and inter- it's a dis- we're entertainment, but I, I, that's, but I hate when people call us heroes. Two different things. There's two different things. We provide relief, and I'm not saying that's not a good thing. But don't Absolutely put in the is. same breath as somebody who gives her life for their country. I'm not even in that conversation. I don't want to be in that conversation because I'm not worthy to be in that conversation. You know, we exactly, we are entertainers. We go out and we play a game. You go out and you guys play life. It's life and death. You, there's no recovery, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's life and death. And honestly, I, I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to play that game. I don't have that edge that you gentlemen have that go out there and allow you guys to go out there and do it. Don't get me wrong, I like to think if my country called upon me, I would answer it. But again, I would like to think. Yeah. You guys did it. They would like and, to and, think. And, 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 and. Now, let me tell you about this guy. Now, if this was 20, 25 years ago when he's still playing. Well, wait a minute. Before you introduce yourself to the listeners here, because now, everybody might not recognize your voice. <laughs> I'm Raven Caldwell. I played linebacker for the Washington Redskins. And destroyed some people. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now... Guys, we're through playing, and we realize, you know, like I said, I realize what you you guys do, but the way this guy is wired, now, 20, 30 years ago, I don't think he would have had this conversation, only because this guy is wired different. He's a competitor. You know what? Back then, you couldn't have told him that y'all going out protecting us was better than what he was doing. That's, I'm just saying, that's the competitive yeah, edge that's he the competitive had. Edge. I think he'd yeah. have been first in line. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he would have jumped up there and told you in a minute. 
you know, I see a little bit of Pat Tillman in you. I, see, I do. I see him go up to, you know, seven foot, I mean, six, eleven guys and stand at their chest, tell him he about to crush them. And I'm like, really? <laughs> no, but that's how he's wired. And that's why, you know, after all these years, I can say even right now, I respect what you guys do and what you guys did even more because I guess in reality I really didn't understand because as an athlete like I said it's good to be wired that way it's good to think that you know I don't care if you seven foot tall I was gonna run over you or I was gonna hit you and tackle you but over time you know I'm like okay it was a game we was playing but I think that competitive edge and what we were thinking in our mind made us successful because I, I would put this guy against anybody. See, I, I'd love to see these guys, if CrossFit had been back around like 15, 20 oh my years, God, absolutely. killing it. Oh, listen. You know what? Let's now, go load up some barbells and get some, let's even, get it going. Even, even let's right do it now, again. Yeah. Even right now, before we start, I would know you guys are going to crush me and kill me and I would pass out. I don't know. Come on. What's your back squat right what? now? If you talk me into it and I got started, where, where's, where's mentally I'd be like, oh, I can do this. Where, where's and Luis? Like, oh, he he used to not. play for the Orioles, and he, I think he's hurting pretty bad right now. Is he <laughs> yeah, here? Luis, he was over there. He's dragging it around a little bit. Uh, no, but if, if I could interject, I mean, what you, what you guys were saying, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of perspective, right? So one of the big things was, you know, uh, when I was growing up, um, I played lacrosse at Syracuse, which obviously is not as physical as football and definitely not as physical as, as serving, but we had a saying. It was called hold the rope, and, you know, it was the, kind of like the idea of tug of war. Like if one person drops the rope, everyone goes down, right? So, you know, it, it's one of those mentalities that you hold that rope for your teammate, and especially when you're serving, it's a totally different aspect. I mean, you're so engaged with the person next to you, their life, their social life, you know, all of their vulnerabilities, their their intricacies, and it's I'm sure it's the same way with football. Like you, you know, you got your offensive line that you know everybody and anybody, and you got the guys in the backfield and you know your wideouts, and you know you would do anything to make them successful, right? Nothing to make them anything less than successful, and it's such a different mindset when one mistake in the battlefield is not just you know a broken leg or like you know in in lacrosse a goal or a drop pass or whatever the case is. It's life and it's not your life it's everyone that's connected with within you and I mean I know that's really deep for this conversation right now but it it to go back to what you were saying like that that mental aspect of you know what they're going through what they're thinking that competitive edge that they have is such just a surreal level of thought process it it, it really is amazing and like you said I'd like to think I have it too but I honestly I don't know like if, if bullets are coming my way I, I, I really don't know if I would I don't know what I would do. It's fight. It, it's you can't even fight. It's not even fight or flight. It's fight or. You're playing one on one. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you're seven foot three or five foot two. Like, hey, I'm not gonna let you beat me. Like, I'm going after you. Yeah, and you if know? you're thinking, just as as somebody who wished they would have enlisted was on, in the process of enlisting and then deciding something else and regret, regretting it, um, how do I move forward? How do I help? Um, you can follow CrossFit Hard Shells on Facebook. Um, we are partnering with We Got Your Six. We're going to be auctioning some items. One of the very generous offerings that, that the Gary Clark Incorporation is, is offering is an experience, an NFL experience. And you can choose. It's an a la carte experience. 
And Gary, I'm just going to um, extend the offer right now. Uh, we have a flag football team. And uh, <laughs> the, the flag football the the flag football team said the flag football team said hey uh, we would we you're would like your to head no, we would like to uh, yes. <laughs> bid on this if he would one coach our practice or show up to one of our games and coach us through it. Uh, so that was like one of the experiences that they said. I could coach the receivers. But that's, right. that's we are, we are, it. we're also defending champs. You just, know, just so that, you know, I don't know if that holds anyway. All I can do is go downhill. <laughs> All right, so. Go to go, go to Facebook. I could walk deep. Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram, uh, and, and like or follow uh, at CrossFitHardshells.com. We're gonna be um, posting different things that people have uh, generously given, so that we can support. We got your six. Um, the NFL experience is one, so you can take a tour of the stadium with with Gary Clark. You can watch a game with him. You can have lunch with him. So it's really... <laughs> or, or, or other NFL legends or, Super Bowl champions. Or under... Yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. for lunch? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Banging Barbecue. Banging Barbecue, you know. which has also supported us. Some steakhouses. We can be your Uber driver for a day. <laughs> uh, um, Banging Barbecue is another uh, sponsor of ours who uh, really supported us through this event. They, don they donated a portion of the proceeds towards... Uh, the cause so really supportive come to Gaithersburg get yourself some good barbecue Linda who is from Texas said that this is the best barbecue she's had since leaving the state of Texas so it's like oh dang um, honestly um, it's almost like finding the taco bar for me taco bar uh, was not a sponsor but it's I know what it's like to have um, uh, that um, we also have had other sponsors uh, Navstar was also very gracious in donating some Nats tickets and some Caps tickets. So we're going to be putting those up on the internet and or um, you can make bids on those. This we year have next year's Caps uh, tickets. <laughs> this year and next year. <laughs> Question mark exclamation point. <laughs> um, we also have um, a Mary Kay basket that uh, oh, Pam awesome. has, which is worth 400 bucks and just a whole bunch of cool stuff. Bob, you would look fantabulous yeah, no, with a I good exfoliator. Um, if you ever want to get a mani-pedi, we can go together. <laughs> let's, let's square it away. Um, we also have um, a super awesome gift. Right after um, Doug passed away, uh, Pam knew how much uh, Doug loved football. And they supported the Ravens. And she became a season ticket holder for the Ravens. And so uh, she wrote, my gift to Doug um, is two tickets to the Ravens. So if you want to bid for those Raven tickets, I mean, these are, these are tickets that, that Pam has. The table. Um, little, if you like want to watch RG3 go against Gary Clark's team. <laughs> um, Flag football, of course. RG3, um, I don't know that... I don't know. Will his I, knee give out? <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on, I got a, I got a question here. So some of our listeners have heard us talk about our... Hold on, one, one, okay. a couple more, couple more uh, shout-outs. Also want to um, give thanks to Bidwell. Uh, they were able to give a gift card for two. 
the two people that we wanted to just honor and really thank are Eric Vilman and Corinne. Um, Corinne Vilman is a member of our gym, and if you guys don't know, she has really been an asset to our team. And despite a hip surgery, which she just got a labrum surgery, they like had to go in with a Dremel and like tear up her socket. And like two days later, she texts me and she says, "Hey, I'm recovering from surgery. I have the Zembeck logo. I want you to come in." So rather than recovering fully, uh, she was on morphine and oxycontin drafting up the logo for for zembeck which is just completely amazing her husband was in the army is currently a firefighter and uh she not only volunteers her husband but volunteers her time uh which is just amazing so we were able to thank them for their for their gift and sacrifice um so thank you to bidwell uh kava uh meza grill which was uh, donating also a gift and Sang Sushi Restaurant, which also hooked us up. Um, sisterhood. So let's go ahead and um, transition to Sisterhood, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing, the vendoring that you did, just the table that you got. Give us your first and last name, how you got involved with Sisterhood, what decide, what made you decide to pursue that. Um, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> All right, so I'm Paula Barriso. Um I know Michelle, who got me into this. Um, I do Sisterhood Shopping. It's a passion project. Um, We partner with a lot of organizations all over the world. Um, So we're a quarterly subscription box. And inside those boxes um, are organizations who work and believe in the long-term empowerment of women worldwide. Um, So one of the ways that I was actually talking to Michelle, I know her really well, um, we started talking because one of our partners for the spring box actually works with chronically homeless women and we found that unfortunately there's just an astronomical growth of female veterans in the homeless community Um, and a lot of that comes from instead of giving a handout we want to give a hand up is really our theory Um, so we want to work with women to help them integrate back into the community I think think I mean that sounds like I think an, an extremely extremely under-recognized portion of the veteran population. Yeah, I absolutely. Think when people think about homeless veterans, you know, the I think the face they see in their mind is the sort of shaggy, bearded, yeah. you know, in the, in the 80s, it might have been sort of the John Rambo-esque, you know, Vietnam-style yeah. uh, green, you know, jacket kind of, but, you know, with a, 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 a an upsurge, an uptick of you know, women serving in the military, the number, you know, and I'll be honest with you, this is something until you said it, I didn't really think about that. Oh my gosh, there are probably a lot of, you know, homeless female vets. That's, it's, and it's a, thank you. That's a horrible, you know, because no offense, I'm going to be a little, sound a little male chauvinistic, misogynistic here is that if I think of a man, well, you know, maybe he's a little bit more uh, able to survive out there on his own. And I'm not giving credit to a lot of women for all the strength and the power they have. But, you know, I think that's just a horrible place to be, you know, and and no, in my opinion, no vet should be homeless, quite frankly, they should all have a warm, safe place to live in three squares a day. You know, they've done their part. We got now it's time to pay them back. So, but I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, 
I'm with you, right? Like until I started working with a lot of our partners and really getting boots on the ground and understanding where they're coming from and their perspective, I was like you. I really, I envisioned the bearded homeless guy out in D.C. Like I really didn't think much more about women in the military, but there are more and more women in the military who we see out there serving time and spending time out. Um, and I think that's one of the things you can't expect to have someone out of the community. And we know how fast the community changes, right? I mean, we're in an internet age, so things change rapidly. You're gone for a couple of weeks, you come back, and the world's changed. How you use your skill set has changed. Um, so a lot of that homelessness comes from coming back into the community. You're either injured from duty, um, you're suffering with PTSD, like just many things that you're coming back home to, and you find yourself not being able to integrate into the community or integrate into the workforce for something new. Um, and so a lot of the partners that we work with help you, give you employment, give you housing, and you get to keep all of your salary while you're working to find your passion. And in that meantime, you're getting occupational skill set classes, um, community skill set classes, social skill set classes. You use all that, build your resume, and then once you find your passion and you feel comfortable moving to that next step, you go move on and follow your passion. Um, and what I found working with the partners is while they're doing all this great stuff, it's not really getting out there. Um, so that's where Sisterhood Shopping comes in. We're building a platform of women empowering each other, just building each other up. And we're getting these boxes in front of you so you can learn more about these, um, uh, all these partner organizations within the box. So people who weren't here and weren't able to get that information, yeah. where can they get that from? Um, so on our website, uh, sisterhoodshopping.com or follow us on Instagram um, at sisterhoodshopping. Yeah, and um, you can actually find all of our partners, too, on the website. I mean, this is really just a platform for women to build themselves up. I think we live, especially in this D.C. area where everyone's all about, like, what I've done or what the next step is or look how great I am. Like, you don't find that empowering each other is really building each other up. It's about, like, look how far I've come from where I was or watch as I grow from adversity. And so that's what we want to create is just a sisterhood of people just building each other up and do you have anything for guys that also supports the yeah. sisterhood mission so all of our organizations do make things for men oh, um, and it. the plan is to do a he for she box so we want to have a box of stuff for men and in the box you get sure. a freebie so that's like the pay it forward thing yeah right oh you guys are all about this free <laughs> gifts for you to give the women yeah exactly Oh, I see all these smiles of you guys thinking like free gifts to give all the women in my life, right? <laughs> Look, sisterhood shopping is helping you get gifts in your hand to give to the women in your life. <laughs> so you actually get a box inside your box. It's a small little box um, that you give to an inspirational woman in your life. It is a little free You're throwing thing. a lot of fastballs I know, right down I know. the middle. I really am. I'm, I'm handing gonna, it to you guys. I'm not going to take I'm it. handing it to you guys. I'm going to take, take a gulp of my beer here. The box or the box within the box? The box within the box. Okay. I know. I'm giving you guys all this material. All right. This is not how you protect the sisterhood. All right. No, and just to go like along with that whole thing, um, like my bread and butter has been staffing for corporations for like the past 16 years in telecoms and IT. And I was shocked. I, I kind of fell into working with the veteran space because uh, a few years ago we had a shortage of tower crews. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Um, we had a shortage in the U.S. of tower crews, and I remember 
you know, we couldn't bring people in from outside to do all the work. And I literally got laughed off the table at first when I brought in, oh, I'm like, no worries, we need to train people. And I was bringing in resumes for Navy cooks and things like that. And literally these companies would just be like, what are you doing? I'm like, excuse me, but if you see through the resume, these guys can follow recipes, therefore they can follow a set of instructions. Therefore, as long as they're not afraid of heights or vertigo, they can climb the towers. So it's just one of those things. And if you go into any transition home here in DC, you can just see how sad that is. And yeah. I remember going um, to one of them and there was a young girl. Like I was so shocked. She spoke four languages. Here she is with a lot of homeless veterans. And she's just this young girl by herself sleeping in this open area. You know, she didn't have a family, so she got into the military and, you know, came back and it's an expensive area to live. And if mm -hmm. you don't have that network or support, how do you do it? So. I mean, just all these things kind of tie together. And I think that's where I think it's just amazing how everybody kind of joins and does what they can. So is there anything else that we can do to help the sisterhood mission in terms of helping female vets being able to get into a position where um, they're able to then reestablish themselves into society because I think when we think of PTSD or we think of veterans I just coming like to, back, hold on, I'm gonna, I think what we get is American Sniper or, you know, the only movie that I've ever seen where a female is a starring role is Megan Levy where she's like a dog handler for females. Or Zero yeah. Dog so, Thirty. I hear how is it that we can better support or better become aware of the role that females play in our current um how the, combat, their, their which i think in the population which i think of, the more that i interact my my, my brother was a pararescue jumper and um that's awesome the, the more that i think about what he's talked about is we would be much more effective if we had very special elite females who also were able to I mean Nelson Mandela said it right you want to help the world help the females help the women because we're going to go back and give it back um, I, I would say if you know the box isn't for you like you still can find my email on there if you have vets that you know that are trying to integrate back into the community email me I work with a lot of organizations we can get them into the workforce or get them the help they need um, obviously work with Michelle no Michelle like there's just a huge network out there and just email me use that email address if you know organizations that help women in the community let me know I'd love to partner with them um, or just integrate them into the network as well Thank you so much, Paula. Yeah, for sure. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much, Linda. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gary. Really appreciate you guys. Um, if you guys have followed this show, you guys know <laughs> how much Bob hates this character. Oh, God. Not <laughs> only does he fit into pants that are three sizes bigger than Bob's, but he's able to squat three times. That's only because he's got does. an ass four times the size of mine. Okay, that's the okay, only. Okay, so reason. lots of jealousy behind that tone, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> if you have ever, if you have ever seen um, this guy named Luis Martinez, the man that stalks my nightmares, the dream killer. Um, Bob has been trying to get double unders for the last what? Fuck two, three years? off! Hey, you can fuck off hey, right now. Don't get salty. <laughs> we can crack a cold one for the boys. 
So here's the difference between someone who I consider myself, besides boxing, I was an athlete in boxing. I was really good at punching, and that's because I grew up in Compton and I had to. <laughs> but anything else athletically, I don't consider myself an athlete. I consider myself a fat lead. I work out so that I can outwork what I eat. This guy is a legitimate athlete who has motor control skills, motor control patterns set to a T, and all he has to do is see it, be told he can't do it, and he does it. It is none other than Luis Martinez, the catcher for the Padres, the Texas Rangers, and the Baltimore Orioles. My man, welcome and the to Boston the show Red Sox. officially. Oh, yeah, and the Red Sox. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate Fucker. all those... Fucker. Nice <laughs> You're very welcome, apparently. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. This guy Bob. is. I was talking about Bob's comments, not yours. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Mine were not warm, I guess. No, they were the opposite. But no, thank you guys for having me. I mean, honestly, I've never pushed myself this hard just because in baseball, we play from February all the way through September, October, literally every day. You know, if we get, you know, two or three days off in the month. You know, it's a great month. So whether it's, you know, holidays, weekends, whatever. So it's kind of hard for us to push ourselves this way. But I always wanted to, you know. And luckily, you know, just whatever it was, five or six months ago, you know, I came into this CrossFit community and I've never looked back. So started killing my dreams. So there's a lot that needs to happen right now. <laughs> First of all, some reconciliation. <laughs> Both of y'all need Jesus. <laughs> some forgiveness. But despite that, um, what has CrossFit been like for you now that you are out of the major leagues, into CrossFit competitively? How do you think it would have played into your MLB career? Uh, I mean, kind of like I said earlier, it's it's tough. Maybe in the offseason, you know, it'd be a great workout, you know, to keep, you know, stay in shape, stay in shape and, uh, you know, be ready for the season. But as far as in season, it'd be it'd be too much. but it's, it's done so much for me just in, you know, the five, six months that I've been here. Um, just my strength and uh, even my speed because we ran, we ran a couple miles yesterday. Normally my mile, just one mile would be about 16 minutes before before yesterday. 16? 16 oh minutes for one God, mile. Are you kidding me? I'm used to, 90, I'm used to 90 feet. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How fast would you get from like... I'm used to 90 feet, not a mile, two How miles. How fast would you get to first base? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fast from home plate to first base, which, which is 90 feet. You know, or home to second. Right. You know, I would never, I never had triples either. That's probably why I was. So no triples know. and pinch and hitter. I had home runs, pinch hitter. I'd walk around the bases, so I jog around. But I definitely had no triples and no inside the park home runs in my career. Plus, I was a catcher, so it's a little bit. I feel so much better now. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so what was your mile time yesterday? About eight minutes. Damn. So you cut it in half. Yeah, cut it in awesome. hundred percent increase. That's oh, yeah. awesome. That was uh I love this guy. <laughs> well so so for those of you around the table who don't know, I'm a five thirty guy. Luis joined the gym, started showing up and I'm like You're not just a five thirty guy, you're a guy who has been here for three years. This is getting true. after it. This is true. So for I do okay for looking at, at staring at 49 uh-huh. okay yeah and uh Luis came in and i'm like oh nice guy but like it's nice to be able to 
beat other people who you know are physically gifted. That that dream lasted about two and a half months. And my my official nickname for him is the Dream Killer because he just starts shattering dreams. One day I just sent him like a Native American dream catcher, and I was just like, he's actually the dream catcher, not the dream killer. <laughs> kind of play on words on this dude being a catcher. So how do you feel having, you know, done this today? Like, well, compared today to this, like <laughs> so let me ask you this. Yeah. Compared okay. to what did you think you were going to get into? A nine-inning game, what is the different, you know, you finished in what? I would rather catch two games in a row, 18, 18 innings, than, than what, what we did today. Wow. No okay. Yeah, yeah no batting. No batting, just catching, blocking balls in the dirt 100 miles an hour. I'd rather do that than no just because I'm used to okay. that. I've yeah. been doing it my whole life. This, it's a whole new experience for me. I've never pushed myself, like I said, this much before. Even though I've always wanted to, I just, baseball didn't allow me. They always told us to stay away, stay away. So, of course, you know, I wanted my career to continue, and I would listen to the uh, the coach, to the yeah. managers and to the uh, – Chain of command. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that your fitness would have improved potentially with CrossFit and potentially helped your career? I think so. It would have. I just would need to stretch a lot more, though. <laughs> I'm so tight. I mean, I got a massage this past week, and it was just, it was ridiculous. Did you I get think, the fabulous hands of Michelle Wong? I Michelle, I crushed Michelle her fingers. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I do she, some mobility stuff, but Michelle. It's a That's right. Yeah. So we have a massage therapist. Her name is Michelle Wong. We're going to have her on the show at some point. But she is like. Uh, when you think of massages and in terms of what she does, she also does cupping, she does scraping, she does hot zones, and she does it for 75 bucks. So you go to Hand in Stone, you go to Massage Envy, you go to Soothe, anything. It's much more expensive. And the fact that she does CrossFit, she knows exactly the trigger points. Boom. And she knows how much pain you're willing to take. So she like digs in just enough. Like because of how she uses the cups and how she puts puts pressure and how much satisfaction she gets out of her devious massages i've nicknamed her ursula from like <laughs> the little mermaid because she's got like these octo arms that just like get into the right spots and you're just like gosh done so i'd like to ask a question here the my man at the end of the table mr clark as far as what do you do now uh you know i don't know how much you know about crossfit but yeah, um, what's your what's you know, your forty what now? Your, what is your familiarity? What's your forty with now, CrossFit? brother? And how would you do and, better if you did CrossFit? What do you do now yeah. for? Because you look like you're still in phenomenal shape. I I belong. You to make that. Jerry Rice look like he's like eighty. I belong to the exact opposite of Cross CrossFit. It's this new, really, really great gym called Zumba. No Fit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like. When Michelle first told me, about, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to send Raven because Raven's fit. Raven will come out and he'll do a good job. You know, I'm going to support the organization, of course, because I love it. It's military base, of course. I said, but you know what? I, I don't know if I can hold my stomach in that long. I really, I'm sitting here right now. We have all these lovely women across from us as well. I've been sitting here the whole time. I'm sucking my stomach in right now. And I'm trying to talk and take a breath. You know, like wearing, everybody else beside me, all the other gentlemen here. It's like wearing first a corset. They all look like models. <laughs> look like models. They all got someone's talking about. He's going on forty nine. It looks like he's twenty five. I'm like, so I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'll pay you later. I got I'm hundreds like, in my truck. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to get out of here. Where they say, you know what? He didn't have too big of a stomach, but 
Yeah, what you guys do, you know, I've seen it. I mean, I've seen the videos on YouTube. I've seen the different things that you guys are able to do. And quite honestly, I would have to get paid <laughs> to do what I see you guys put yourselves through. It's, it's unbelievable, the determination and how you guys are able to, like I said before, take it to the next level. And that's, that's, that's important to see. But right now, I'm enjoying being 56 years old. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying my old age. <laughs> But I tell you what, being in this being in this facility, it does make you want to go out there and actually, you know, I, all of a sudden I felt like a, a flashback, a flashback come back on me. Thank God there's a big open door right there, and I'm gonna walk out that door here in a little bit. But uh, what you guys do, I mean, it's, it's just a great, you know, people used to call it a fad. It's not a fad. It's a way of life now. What you gentlemen do and you ladies do. CrossFit is here to stay forever. Yeah, for it's revolutionizing sure. a way that people go out and get fit. Uh, I was talking a little earlier about possibly having my nine-year-old become a part of this as well. Um, because I may, like, just kill him. So I want some people that organize. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, sometimes your kids listen better to other people than they do yep. to you sometimes. You I know, know And I also want to make sure I'm not that dad that's pushing in the wrong way, you know. So, But seeing what you guys are able to do, I, I may consider, definitely consider um, firing myself and... Um, having you guys become a part of that as well so i gotta ask a question uh -huh. i am i'm a maryland native i grew up here in rockville and uh while i am no longer an nfl fan i have sort of given up on 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 the sport i grew up as a washington redskins fan i mean you guys were they, that was all that was on on sundays <laughs> in my house what was it like with coach gibbs i mean what did he bring he seems to me like just a supernatural leader. He's able to bring tremendous organization to something, yeah. inspire people to, you know, really gel. And, and you know, one, one of the things that I always remember is, you know, everybody looked at the Redskins as undersized, under-talented, you know, not the most paid. But he was able to find something in people to bring out the best in them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you said a lot of that. best thing about Joe was, first of all, he was a great strategist. Um, to be a head coach in the football league, in the football league, NFL football league, you must be um, a great strategist. You must be a good chess player, so to speak. Um, that's really what I need my head coach to be. I need that person to be a good chess player, somebody can give his team a great strategy and then allow us to implement it because we're the football guys. We're the guys that have been playing football since we were five years old. So you don't need to tell me how to play receiver. You need to give me a strategy. And once you give me that strategy – I'll take what I know as, as wide receiver and I'll tweak it and I'll make it better. And that's what Joe Walsh. Um, so he didn't Belichick, micromanage you and overcome. No, he understood. He understood. He understood that you know. Um, here's the platform for you guys to do it. Here's the strategies that I, I, I put in place for you guys to go out there and win. And now let's tweak it. I'm gonna and give then, you the game plan and let exactly, you execute. Exactly. Okay. And, and he was big. And then when it wasn't working, he was also a genius to come back and retweak it. And then allow us to retweak it to make it work in the half second half. Half-time adaption. Yeah, he's, he's simply one of the best men, a manager of people, you know, because football, you know, probably like it's similar in, in the service. You have all these different personalities, you know, that you come in that you have to kind of manage. You know, you have one guy who's quiet, like Art Monk. You got another guy who's football-wise very verbally, like myself. Like, I'd tell anybody to go. Pound sand. Exactly. In the, nice, in the nicest sense. In the nicest, nicest sense of the word. <laughs> You know, and he knew how to manage those two types of personalities and bring them together to make it be best for the for for the for the team. Just a, just a just a great head coach, one of the best of all time. Awesome. 
So if you also want to learn more about leadership and just stuff that Doug embodied, Pam wrote a book called Selfless Beyond Service. It's a journal that she kept uh, post uh, the event that happened in Fallujah. And it's a great, great memoir, Uh, not just of who he is as a service member, but she goes in very much detail about how he was selfless as a husband, selfless as a father. Um, And it's one of those books that I try to read as much as I can leading up to this event for the last five years, because it's, it's just a reminder of what this workout really is. Again, it's not about me. It's not about me PRing this workout. It's not about me bettering myself. It's about how can I make this event? How can I make my role as head coach? How can I make my role as an athlete? How can I use my role as a father, a husband, or a dad to my son? A much better experience for the sake of others. And uh, getting back to all the points that we talked about, whether it's We Got Your Six, whether it's um, Performance Lacrosse, whether it's pro-hitting baseball DC, sisterhood, um, or vet arts. It's really about how can we use the gifts and talents that we have for the sake of others. Uh, my brother, again, being a pararescue man, their, their motto, uh, very, very different from most soft um, or special operating forces, um, is for the sake of others that others may live and so we use our fitness that others may live we use our our organizations that others may prosper we use our gifts and our talents for the sake of others and um, that's really what our military is for that's really what our, our our service members think about when they're overseas is how can i leverage my position for the sake of improving the position of another platoon member how can I, as a commander, make my platoon better? How can as I, as a battlefield commander, how can I leverage this platoon or this company for the sake of the war space that we're inhabiting? And how can I better this whole company for the sake of the United States? It's, it's a much bigger picture and it's much better for us for us to wake up in the morning and think about our Instagram solely for ourselves, our Facebook solely for ourselves, our jobs just for a paycheck. We are here for a very limited time. And although we do workouts for time and we do certain things in life for time or we have time caps and deadlines for certain things, there is a objective finishing line for all of us and it's called death that's right and when we die there will be a legacy and that legacy is going to be positive or negative so the the thing that i want you to take away from this podcast or this show is not oh cool some people are doing great things or there was one great man that lived i want you to think about the decisions that you're making currently how are you eating and is that eating habit going to make you live longer for the sake of others how are you moving and is your movement going to help you move well so that if someone were in need of your movement they can count on it what are you doing for a living 
And is what you are doing for a living something that you are doing passionately for the sake of others? And if not, how can you grow from someone that's self-focused to someone who has become selfless? We have an example in Doug Zembeck, 34 years old, taking way too young, sacrificing as a leader on behalf of his men, rather than leading from the back, which is the most optimal position for a leader to be able to quarterback a scene. He led from the front, exposing himself, saving and preserving others so that they may live, so that his legacy of sacrificial giving could move forward. Three thoughts. What can I do to change and make my legacy different? What can I do to improve the position of others? And thirdly, what am I currently not doing that I could be doing for the sake of others? Because what we've seen here is a, a good group of men and women coming around, banding up for something bigger than themselves. And that's what I would hope that this event is for. That's what I hope that these interviews are for. That's what I would hope all of these microphone passings have accomplished. We had a great workout. We had some great food. We've created some great memories. Let's make our legacy as great as these momentary memories. And Angel, that couldn't be said any better, but it takes a lot to even think about um, even Pam in the situation. Um, you know, we, we briefly touched upon um, Pam earlier, and you know she's the one who is the sole driver behind everything that we're doing today, and her whole organization that she's been involved with. It is super, super impressive, and how well she can control herself and contain all of her emotions and continue to drive what she is doing day in and day out with the subtle subconscious thought of this is all for you know her husband her you know her late husband her you know the, the person that fought to f fight you know for what the re for the freedoms that we have and you know she it, it's it's not easy to just it's easy to just to give up it's not easy to keep pushing towards something that is a constant reminder of his memory of his purpose of his will of his what what he stands for for 11 years yeah. like a lot of uh, I feel you know when when it happens when the final time comes a lot of people you know they they close up they clam up they forget they, they forgive and forget she will not forget she refuses to forget but not only that but she strives through the pain of remembering and uses it for better for others pushes through her forward. she yeah. pushes it she pushes it forward exactly Absolutely. Bob and it, it it's so amazing to think about like you see her every day and it's i feel like every time you see her like she's here doing the workout like how do you i can't fathom keeping it together like she does doing the workout in memory of somebody who was your best friend was your yeah. lifelong partner was this phenomenal father was this person that you know stood for a lot more than just being a dad it, it you know and the fact that she can keep it together the whole time and year in and year out, just hear about it, deal with it. It's got to be that strength. When I think of strength, that is strength. In every way, sense of the form. You could jump on the bench and bench 500 pounds. 
right? That's easy. Like, but it doesn't even compare. It doesn't even compare to 11 years of constant reminder, but she does it for the greater good. She she pushes it forward, and it, I can't say enough about Pam. She's phenomenal. Like, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So we have... We'll wrap it up, but we have... A phenomenal legacy left behind in Doug. We have a phenomenal reminder in Pam. And we have a phenomenal future in Fallon. When you think of Memorial Month, think of not numbers. It's easy to throw out the statistics of service members that have gone to war, people that have died, people that have lost limbs, people that have survived IED attacks, people that are back suffering through PTSD. Those aren't numbers. Those are people. And every single one of those persons is loved by someone. They have a mom. They have a dad. They have siblings. They have family members. And all of them have stepped up to the face of something very scary and extremely ugly and rather than flinching they stood strong so rather than thinking of Memorial Day weekend as a day off think of it of a day where you remember and you are thankful for everything your breath your house, your food, your bank account, positive or negative, the president, positive or negative, the ability to vote, positive or negative. Regardless of what you think, we live in a great country because of great men and great women. We'll close the show out. So Thank as you we, so much. We're in here and it is Memorial May. We're doing a lot of hero wads here at RHLs and I'd invite everybody uh who listens to this to you know take on the zembeck sometime uh murph is coming and everybody in the crossfit community knows murph and <laughs> yeah lewis you look like you want to barf um <laughs> you know but but don't let that be the best hero wad or the only hero wad you do during the year or during the month of may um you know, there are not only in doing the work, when you're in the middle of that work and you think about, oh, I want to put this down, and oh, this sucks, and oh, it's so hard, and, and I want to puke or whatever. One more rep, because think about where that person was and what they were doing when in their last final moments and, and the pain and the things they might have been feeling. I'd encourage anyone to, you know, read the story of Michael Murphy, read the story of Adam Brown, Fearless, and then take on that workout and honor those people, uh, men and women. And I think that, you know, we could do a lot more to identify, you know, all the all the lady workouts that are so hard. But, you know, it, it might be interesting to explore, you know, what are the legacies of, uh, you know, hero women veterans that we might be able to come up with uh, honorable workouts for. So, everybody, go out there, get after it, and support these organizations and helping our veterans. Follow us on Facebook. Cheers. Cheers.